Hi, I'm Carla. I'm Richard. We're the OBs, hosts of the We Do podcast. And co-founders of WeDoRelationships.com. We help people discover the best version of themselves for their significant relationships, even their marriage. Yes, even that. Every week we share insights we've learned over 20 years of helping individuals and couples. We can help you stay motivated and accountable while encouraging you to find lightness and the connection in your life that we're all after. And we do will help you master simple and elegant ways to withstand adversity in your life and encourage you to make it happen. We believe every day is a great day to share and grow. You probably have a relationship that needs some attention, whether at home or at work. Your breakthroughs and tools await you at WeDoRelationships.com. If you haven't yet, please subscribe and join our community of brave and intentional individuals who want life-giving relationships in their lives. Nourishing your relationship keeps it alive. We all need connection and inspiration. As you listen, you will gain insights that you can share with others, even your partner. Let's get to today's episode. Yeah, I've been thinking a lot about uh, how to let go and... I was thinking about that meme we saw a long time ago with the rope that's wrapped around someone's arm. They're holding on so tight to the rope Mm -hmm. and their hand is just red and, you know, it's like strangling them. And how sometimes we hold on to things way longer than we should and how when we let go, sometimes it frees us up so we can hold on to something new uh, so that we can embrace something. And I was thinking about how, you know, we are in the season of Lent, which is like for us growing up, we had the practice of giving up stuff for Lent and to try to teach us about little sacrifices because when you practice with little sacrifices, you can start to, you know, start to supplement and kind of add in new practices interrupts old patterns if I give up you know candy for Lent which I did not this year (laughs) if I do then I might reach for something else more healthy you know and well it's like uh I think it was either Josh or John that one of our sons uh, I I think it was John who gave up jelly beans one year, but only gave up the black jelly beans that he didn't like anyways. <laughs> yeah. Was that Josh? <laughs> We're going to give Josh and John both credit for that. I thought that was brilliant, which is apropos because Carla just put a bunch of black jelly beans here in front of me as a joke because she knows I don't like those. But uh, you'll find in all these different uh, spiritual, practices. The spiritual practices around the world, yeah. they'll have some, uh, some type of sacrifice of yourself for somebody mm-hmm. else. And so yeah, all those. always talk about suffering. Yeah. So I, I think that when we talk about let go and embrace, which is the topic today, I, me being the physical touch guy, I'm more into the embrace side mm-hmm. as opposed to letting go side. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I think everybody, most people are. <laughs> yeah. Harder. It's hard to let go when we feel comfortable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So what? How does that reply? You know, I guess apply to relationships related yeah. to, to 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 letting go. I mean, we've had a lot of discussion lately about uh, grief and loss and those type of things. And we're not alone in the world related to that. And sometimes we have to sacrifice our 
desires and or the mindset we want because grief can be overwhelming mm -hmm. sometimes for us. And mm -hmm. when it is, sometimes the, the, the present moment gets sacrificed and or uh, we're not able to, to be present. And sometimes we just have to realize that we're, we're having to sacrifice that time right now because something else needs to be explored and something else needs to be processed. Mm -hmm. Well, I think, you know, in relationships, you know, we, it's, it's a foundational thing in all relationships that when we enter into relationships, you know, after the honeymoon phase wears off, we come face to face with some of the sacrifices that we make because of the relationship. And I think it's a necessary ingredient in relationships to give up some things, especially those things that aren't serving us well. Uh, or serving our partner well. Um, Does that include like when we were first married, when I was wanting to watch ESPN all the time, and mm -hmm. I developed a, a, a physical uh, trait where I could have independent eye movement, like a chameleon, where I could watch ESPN and look at you at the same time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And uh, then I realized that wasn't working, and so I had to sacrifice. Sometimes you had to sacrifice. Watching like, that maybe and actually, a minute of ESPN and actually have me. the full attention yes. of you. Yes. So, so and I think you're welcome. Yeah. You're welcome. I think most couples can identify with the sacrifices we make. Um, you know, just watching TV in general. When I want to watch the British Baking Show and the Super Bowl <laughs> is on, you know, sometimes I have to sacrifice what I really want, you know, to honor what you love. But I do love Mary Berry. I know. In Paul Hollywood, I do yeah. like those, but the Super Bowl does take precedence. So what, what do we, what do we do when it's time for us to let go, in order for us to create space, I guess, to embrace? Well, I think I mean I when think, will we know that? I think there's a couple different things. So first off, I think we have to start to learn to hold that we hold both tensions sometimes, and and we don't let go of either one. We hold on to both. Like, you know, I can be in a committed relationship while still remaining free. I'm holding both of those tensions at the same time. I can take care of myself while taking care of others. You know, I can do both. We're complex. We can, we can sometimes do more than one thing at, at the same time. I can be against an idea while still remaining respectful and cooperative, you know, with whom I'm having that discussion with I can um, you know I can be understanding of another perspective while still holding my own and I think that is the best kept secret in functional healthy relationships is to have that to exercise that ability to hang out in the other person's perspective maybe even a little bit longer than feels comfortable especially when we disagree because we want to unite with our partner before they feel like we've let go, you yeah. know, too soon. So holding them, holding both at the same time, I think is super important. We're both yogis. We do that like every other day. Sometimes we forget the names of these poses, but we, we do them every day. Um, there is a warrior one, and then there's a warrior two. And warrior two is when you're putting you know, the weight in your front leg and also grounding with the back leg and your, have your left arm or right arm, depending on which part of the room you're going towards with your front knee. 
and you're asked by the instructor usually to, to be in balance. What I find sometimes is if we're fighting that as opposed to being centered, that's where we have certainly done where we're trying to pull each other towards a different opinion mm -hmm. or a different idea or a different perspective or we're comparing our situations instead of contributing, we're judging instead of allowing, we're um, naysaying as opposed to noticing, mm -hmm. and, we're, and it gets us off of center. So, mm -hmm. you know, whatever puts us back, I think that place of equilibrium is the place of letting go yeah. in this circumstance. Yeah, kind of letting go and trying to even even letting go of a need for a solution to a problem mm. because sometimes there is no answer, you know, to like grief for example, you know, there's no answer. It's it just is and we have to sit in that pain and so letting go of the you know, the knee-jerk reaction to solve the problem that can be difficult, but it yeah. can create some more balance, I think, too. I also think it's part of, you know, the challenge that a lot of couples and certainly we have over the years and in circumstances where we get, um, I guess, riled up. Mm -hmm. Either you would kind of go retract a little bit and not want to deal with it, or I would get elevated, you know, to try to get my point across or those type of things. And, and if there's a difference of opinion, we like any couple, we tend to argue and we get caught in the motions of someone being right or someone being wrong or a teeter-totter, you know, with someone being high, someone being low in the comparison side of what's going on. We certainly have, people can do that with what their situations, I think, that are happening in life. Mm -hmm. That when we can compare, well, mine is a little, maybe a little bit more difficult than maybe somebody else's, when in fact, that's not necessarily true. It feels that way to us, mm -hmm. but it's not necessarily true. So if we mm -hmm have a tool and we have tools to let go of that thinking or and then also recognize that we're thinking that way, we can calm ourselves down because most challenges that we see within life or conflict and or fights or arguments and deal with inflamed or um, I think out of control or unmanaged or unmitigated emotions. Mm -hmm. And so we've had, we've had that happen, certainly with, even with the grief scenario, we've had that where I didn't want to go through the grief process of just holding the space all the time as you're grieving something and I'm grieving something where I didn't want to necessarily go through that because we've had a compounding situation with regard to loss in our life. And that's a very tough thing. Mm -hmm. We hear that with a lot of people and a lot of couples, they have a challenge when something major happens in their life of a loss, you know, that mm -hmm. loss of, you know, someone that they love, you mm -hmm. know, either proximate or somewhere arm's length, but those losses add up and well, not understanding. They, they pile on top of each other. Yeah. It, it can be like, nah, you know, it's, it's too hard to find any sort of balance in that compounding, you know, pain. I think, you know, one of the things about sacrifice and suffering is that sometimes we just have to be in the suffering and that's a difficult place to be. And most of us want to get out of it. I know I do. I never want to be in discomfort and pain. And, uh, it's, it's pretty annoying to be in, um, you know, trying to process this stuff, you know, with like with my therapist and trying to kind of get into that space of, okay, I have to lean into this and I have to yeah. be in this pain. 
and acknowledge the suffering. And I think one of the tools that can be so helpful in, you know, in relationships when one, when one or both people are suffering is sometimes we can comfort each other. And oftentimes we have to comfort ourselves. Maybe one person wants to solve the problem and the other person is left suffering because they've tried all the solutions and they feel kind of like nothing's going to work. And so I think those times are invitations for self-compassion. And, you know, it's it's sort of the, you know, it's the time for self-compassion. There's, Is that to let go? Yeah, to let, to to really, first off, to acknowledge and to be in the suffering. You know, uh, Kristen Neff has done a lot of great research on this, and, and she kind of uh, describes the the practice of it in the first part is really acknowledging the suffering. And, and so when we created that practice called time, uh, it's a time for self-compassion. So it's T I M E. And if you think about the T part, it's, it's to really acknowledge that this is tough. This is a moment of suffering. And I always encourage hand on the heart or hand on the hand, hand on your lap, anything that touches you know, your own gives yourself skin to skin contact because with that comes some endorphins, you know, some feel good hormones that can be beneficial. Just like if someone else was giving you a hug, you get that all these, these good feel good hormones. So the T is, this is tough. This is a moment of suffering. And so we are, we're not running from it. We are embracing really the suffering in that moment. And, and then lean, leaning into it. Yeah. Leaning in and really being in it. And then the I is, is the identification of, you know, I am not alone. You know, the world is full of suffering. You know, other people are suffering maybe in the same way right now. You know, there's, there's a whole, we connect ourselves with a bigger community and we realize we are not alone. And that's much better than feeling isolated and alone. So the I is, I am not alone. And then the M is to create a mantra. And the mantra can be something like, may I be kind to myself right now? May I have courage? May I have strength? Whatever it is that you want to, you know, be self-compassionate with for yourself. And then the E is just to enter into a new present moment, a new present moment filled with self-compassion. And I think that is... A beautiful way to to really embrace suffering and also ease ease the suffering for ourselves. You know, I think it's a great practice, and I, I think it's obvious when that practice isn't necessarily followed. I'll take responsibility for this when we had like the compounding loss, mm-hmm. and we had just gone through a year of loss. Mm-hmm. And we're in the middle of loss again. Mm-hmm. That is every bit of our being did not want that loss mm-hmm. to happen for ourselves and the people that we love and we care about. Mm-hmm. We, we look at ourselves as independent beings and we're saying, okay, how does this affect me? How does this, de- how do I deal with that? And when we were having a dialogue about some challenges associated with that grief, what I kind of look, looking back at it now is that, what I didn't want to have was a was to not have my wife be 
the best spirit she could be because that gives me light. That gives me happiness. Mm -hmm. That gives me, um, it's life-giving to me. Yeah. It's another loss for you. Yeah. And so mm -hmm. I'm sitting there going, okay, gosh, I'm going to, now I'm going to be creating the space. And I was kind of lashing out. I, I said, yeah, this is tough on the T side. I said, this is tough, but I also, you know, went to, instead of going to, I'm alone, I'm not alone in this. I'm like, well, no, this really does suck for me because mm -hmm. I don't want to do this again. I don't want to deal with that. I don't like this pain. I don't want to, and I'm pushing out against that. Mm -hmm. And what would have been a new mantra, for example, with the M side would have been, no, this really does stink. And I'm, <laughs> so in other words, I'm spinning my mind into that and entering into a new present moment was not that because I was literally going back to all the challenges and pain associated with grief and the grief journey. It, that's why it's so difficult for all of us. That's why it's so difficult for us. And I think when, whether you, whatever, if you're a spouse or a partner that's dealing with somebody with grief and you're managing and trying to deal with your own grief, like we have other people in our, our lives right now that are also dealing with their own griefs. And I know the people are listening, they all deal with this. And it's tough for us not to compare because we want the other person to not to feel that way. We even had people coming up to us recently saying, gosh, I know that's been so difficult for you. Two different things. One, where someone came up and said, my goodness, you know, kind of hopefully you can kind of move on from some of these things so it's not so, you know, detrimental to you because they don't want you to be in that pain. And then another person comes up to you and says, you know, I, I don't, I, I didn't, never truly understood, you know, what was going on. I never truly understood how difficult this was. So yeah. we're constantly dealing with those bombardments. And then as a spouse that is helping and trying to be there for himself and for you as you're grieving, it can be extraordinarily difficult. So taking the pause to let go and to let go is very tough to do in that scenario. So if you felt like I did, felt getting elevated, you know, then that's when the our other tools that we have, which are, you know, NBA to notice and breathe and allow, that would have been helpful. And also to deal with the ABCs of emotional flooding, we talk about in other areas where you can actually have a plan of, you know, taking a break mm -hmm. so that that doesn't get to that point. So there's mm -hmm. ways to, to get yourself out, mm -hmm. to get you into the let go place with tools that you can also layer on while pain is being layered on. Mm -hmm. And so that's the beauty of it. And that's why we were able, which was a very tough conversation that we had, being able to come back and to put it all in perspective and look at it from a thousand feet and actually talk to each other about it as opposed to being, you know, uh, challenging. Yeah. I think you're right. It, it, it's, it, there's so much, um, it's very complex, you know, when you're dealing, well, I mean, loss comes in so many different packages and there's so many, it touches, especially if it's unresolved grief and loss, you know, we carry it with us and it does, it just keeps, you know, growing with each loss. It makes us realize that there are, you know, it reminds us of the one that came before and before and before. Yeah. And, and I believe that grief pain is the most intense emotional pain, you know, and it, and it does come in many different packages, but it truly is suffering. And it's difficult when, people are experiencing the same loss to be, you know, there for each other. You know, I think that sometimes the letting go part allows us kind of, even if it's just for a moment to let go it, like in 
and grief and loss, to let go of the suffering long enough to celebrate something good, someone's birthday or a special occasion. If we can do that, if we are in the place to be able to allow for that, the grief pain's not going to go anywhere. We get to pick it back up and uh, carry it. It's heavy load. Uh, but it's but that letting go can be a powerful place. Recently, you know, when uh, my niece passed away, it, it collided with, um, you know, when when our daughter was getting married, and to to be in this place of brokenheartedness and also being in a place of wanting to celebrate a beautiful love that has been so nourishing to all of us. That's a difficult place to find any kind of balance. And so in that case, I think it's essential to try to let go in a way of the pain so that we can enter into and embrace, you know, celebration. And and one of the ways that I've that I noticed that our daughter did that for uh, creating that space for all of us is that she incorporated our losses into her celebration. So it allowed us all to be there without forgetting. You know, she had a cock. Uh, the bartenders uh, create cocktails that uh, were significant to the people that we love that have passed, and and we had a table that was reserved for all of them so that we know that they were there in spirit and that there was something really cool about that uh, allowing, you know, allowing us to put it down for a little bit so that we can uh, enjoy. It's like saying no to the suffering so that we can say yes to the celebration. You know? I, I think, I think we also did the and I, I think a lot of times we give ourselves a lot of grief, excuse the, using that word again, we give ourselves a lot of a uh, challenge to say, oh, we didn't do a certain thing or we put something away or, you know, and say we should have done this better or should have done that better. I think, I think, for example, our daughter and those that were planning and you and me and what we said and what we communicated, we kicked ass. <laughs> we expressed. <laughs> we carried them with us. Yeah. We carried them with us to the point where we were writing their names down on the on the paper and crayon of who they were related to each one of those people in the room. So that anyone going by can look at it and go, oh, that's who they are. Instead mm-hmm. of just looking at pictures that meant nothing to them. Oh, who's that old guy? That must be someone's. Oh, I think that's somebody's grandparents. Mm-hmm. No, it says who they are with a mm-hmm. with a crayon and writing that with a heart. Yeah. Um, those type of things. And the actual communication about how they are with us tonight and saying that, inviting into the table of our hearts mm-hmm. as opposed to necessarily being at the table on table 12 mm-hmm. or whatever. They were yeah. there and we embraced them and we talked about it. Without it being a downer, what it was, it was inclusive. Mm-hmm. It was to carrying something, which you certainly know this from that great book of from Megan Divine, is to, you know how to carry something that cannot be fixed. Well, we're carrying it in a different way with mm-hmm. us and we're carrying, how do we carry these challenges with us and understand and say, okay, I'm letting go by leaning in, yeah. and the two, like letting go to embrace, we leaned in and we let go, and then we embraced it. So it brought everything together where we're holding those two tensions. See, that's the beauty of it. We held, we were, we were warrior two. Yeah. We were warrior two that night. Our daughter was warrior two. Her husband now was warrior two. And the people that heard the message were warrior twos, and the people that had passed away were with us. Mm-hmm. Doing a warrior too. Totally. Yeah. Freaking awesome. You know, it was awesome. 
great job and the cakes you made were amazing too. So, there you <laughs> yeah. Go. I, I love that, you know, the, when we, when we think about the, when we say no to something and we say yes to something else and we say, you know, I'm going to put this on hold so that I can say, embrace something new. It, it's, it's like letting go of complaints sometimes so that we can make space for gratitude, which is difficult. Yeah. <laughs> but also it changes everything when we do that. You know, I think we had this, uh, practice, especially when the kids were little, and I would notice that they'd be kind of irritated with each other and kind of sick of each other. And so we would do this candle affirmation, which was very, in, you know, the exact opposite of what anyone yeah. wanted to do. But everyone t has a... They wanted to use the fire a different way. <laughs> yeah. An unlit candle. And you have to think about something that you're thankful for, for each person, which is very difficult when you're kind of irritated with people. But it's a good practice, you know, to switch things up a little bit and let go of the complaints so that you can make room for what else can be received, you know, like, so we would, so we'd have these unlit candles and the first person would light someone's candle and say what they're thankful for. Thanks for helping me with my homework last night or whatever it may be. And then the whole family would affirm that person with the lit candle and then that person would light someone else's candle and say something they're thankful for. And then the whole family would affirm that person until, and we'd repeat that until all the candles were lit. And at the end, there's a different vibe. You know, it's no longer that of irritation. It's a way of letting go of the irritation so that we can embrace, you know, what's there. Well, and it's also something that you practice, right? You mm -hmm. practice We've established that type of practice throughout our children's lives mm -hmm. to where people will say, why, why are they so nice to each other? What's going on with that? And they have practiced enough of affirming each other with all the natural tendencies of having challenges and wanting to be in a position or something was unfair the way they were treated as opposed to somebody else who was older or younger, all those type of things. And the comparison that we all do as children, all do as, as adolescents. But there's a training that happens. We saw that also on when we're with other families, like on, you know, Christmas Eve, when we're all affirming one of the traditions of a Polish tradition it was the plotki, and actually having younger kids with us. Our group was older kids listening to them, you know, affirming each other. And the other group happens to be a bunch of boys that aren't used to that. And it was interesting watching year to year the beauty of how they communicated mm. with each other. Beautiful. It was beautiful the way they would affirm each other. And everyone just got so um, into that and was just such a, uh, a wonderful thing to witness. Mm -hmm. And the more we do that as a couple and can affirm and say, for example, I noticed this. Um, and when you do this, I, I feel this way. And what I need is this. And it kind of affirms it all. Yeah. D different ways of, of learning how to practice affirmations and appreciations and creating that culture of appreciation within our homes is so important. And I think that the, the reframe, the part of, you know, letting go of what we don't want and allowing what we want to come in is, is, is kind of like a, a flip when we think about something that we don't want. Um, we, we can create what we do want. There's a lot swimming around in, my mind here that we've covered today, the things that pop up to me that I, I think are critical for takeaways for me, and maybe you can fill in some gaps that maybe I 
wasn't catching, but I, the idea of holding, you know, two tensions on once is, mm -hmm. is, is an idea and a concept and a practice that can help you to let go. Mm -hmm. And so if you're leaning in too far one way, like in our example on the warrior two, like in a yoga mm -hmm. pose and stability and equal, equal weight, we're maybe pulling too hard in that other tension, mm -hmm. you know, and holding on to it as opposed to what the other possibility may, might be. Mm -hmm. So uh, that, that holding two tensions to me sticks with me because I, if I'm not uh, leaning into what the, the issue is, or I'm overly emotive, or I'm really stressed out, or I have anxiety, or I have a challenge with, say, with, we talked about with the grief scenarios and worried about how that's going to be difficult again. And, you know, and forecasting the future, oh gosh, it's going to be like that or whatever. I'm, I'm not necessarily holding to tension. I'm creating a future and, and still holding on to a past that doesn't allow me to be present, which would be in that place of equilibrium for me. Okay. That's one thing that I'm yeah. taking away. Yeah. That's interesting to have the future, the past, and the present moment all, yeah, but in that warrior two pose, just thinking about that grounded in the present moment while holding the future and the past together. Mm. Yeah, sometimes we let go of any sense of future and just, you know, stay in the past, which can be depressing or, you know, think about the future so much where we're in anxiety. But present moment is where we're really, if we can hold both of those things and be present that's peace, you know, that's where peace is, knowing what's come and what's to come. It's kind of cool. There's, I think the, the other elements of what we talked about today have to do with, you know, that letting go sometimes. First of all, I, I think it's about embracing suffering, acknowledging suffering, then, you know, with the option to let it go. And then, you know, to embrace something new that can come from that. And we talked about the self-compassion as an avenue to do that, to acknowledge the suffering and to help ease ourselves through suffering rather than dismissing it or pretending it's not there, just being in it even for just a couple seconds and, and practicing that T-I-M-E practice um, throughout the day so that when you need it the most, you can access it and do it. Um, the more we practice it, when it doesn't matter, we can use it when it does. And that uh, T-I-M-E, we can put on a PDF that can be in one of our newsletters as well, mm -hmm. um, that we can have that in there so that people wanted to have that, yeah. you know, something a as, a, as a reminder for mm -hmm. them. I, I know that's been helpful helpful to me. And I, I think the other the other thing that you have, and it's, I don't want to diminish this because I get so excited about it, I, I, I tend to maybe try to promote it too much or get overly excited about it, but that's kind of me and the, the candle affirmations mm -hmm. and what was done with holding both tensions for the beauty of the, of the marriage. And um, as you and I both said, I mean, it created such a, a beautiful experience where people were actually online looking at the ceremony that had experienced losses and they felt included mm -hmm. without it being, such a cloud or a shroud over anything they felt included in it and they became part of the celebration as opposed to distracting from it what a what a wonderful thing so mm -hmm. the affirmations and the gratitude mm -hmm. um and i it goes back to what i think what we're doing is we're appreciating appreciating the challenge of 
letting go to embrace. Mm -hmm. And if we see examples of that and we practice that enough, then we can appreciate the skill sets in other people. We hope you enjoyed this episode brought to you by WeDoRelationships.com. Now let's make a difference in our relationship with ourselves and others to flourish in today's world. Please share what you learned. Great job. You're taking the time to honor and explore your relationships. We know it's not easy in our busy lives, but it's worth it. You're worth it. Those you love will notice. If you'd like to help us personally, then please rate and review the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Give us some stars, leave a review, cheer us on, or simply say hello. What other cool couples do you know? Take the time to share our podcast with them. The world needs more vibrant couples. Great relationships lead to a fulfilled life. It begins with you. Every connection counts. Take good care.